Blog Talk Radio. We live! We live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. What's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? You are tuned in once again to page one with LaVar and Mary for this Friday night, November 24th, 2023. We are a day removed here from, uh, or at least the U.S., from Thanksgiving, which was yesterday. So I hope that all of you uh, enjoyed your Thanksgiving. And now um, it is kind of the unofficial start, at least for a lot of people here, for the holiday season because Christmas uh, is not that far off now. <laughs> this is the end of the year. Uh, the one good thing is that uh, all year long, I've been joined by my wonderful friend, Mary, who is on location tonight in colder weather. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Staying warm. It's, 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 a, it's a new experience. Not necessarily for me, but for some other people that, in, that are in my traveling party. So that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, where you're at, did you make any snow angels? I forgot to ask you that question. No, I did not make any snow angels. I did not trust that there was no yellow or brown poop in the hmm. snow. Well, let's hope no not. Snow, there's no brown snow. But it was snow. There was snow. That was interesting. Because <laughs> you don't get a chance to see it that often. So, you no. know, for... Those of us here in the Midwest, I mean, it's kind of like the norm, and it's kind of like, yeah, you just hope and pray it's not a lot, and you hope that you don't have to really shovel it, and it's not, like, wet and, like, huge. But um, but no, I mean, if you don't see it that often, I'm pretty sure that is a shock to the system. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very light and dusty, so I don't see a lot of it staying put. We'll see how that happens, you know, what happens tomorrow. Gotcha. I'll go with that. But the weather is changing no matter where you're at. I know here we have seen probably the last of anything that has been 50 degree plus. It has now been in the 30s today. Temperature here in Chicago, uh, I know earlier this morning it was 26 degrees, um, went up to about 34 here. That's as high as it's going to get. <laughs> so, Yeah. Um, we will see probably nothing higher than probably 38 from here on out. So <laughs> I don't know if my friends. Winter is officially that, upon us. <laughs> right. I don't know what that is in um, Celsius. Well, 32 uh, is zero. Oh, well, well, 34. So 34 would be what, two? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, probably. Less than that, 1.5. <laughs> 1.5. So for my friends who are listening across the pond, um, yeah, it's a little cold here. Uh, (laughs) If you're visiting, bring a um, heavy jacket and bring gloves. Uh, One of the interesting things that I did see uh, this week um, 
was that here in Chicago, um, we actually are trying something brand new um, where we are going to be doing, uh, well, if you come into town, um, <laughs> the Chicago Electric Boat Company uh, announced that it will now offer hot tub boats and heated <laughs> boat rides for the winter months in the city. Uh, so if you're familiar with Chicago, and especially downtown Chicago, uh, while you think about floating down the Chicago River, well, it's something that you think about during the summertime. Uh, like I said, this boating company here in the city is hoping to change that. Um, so pretty much they said, picture this, a bubbling hot tub on a boat cruising the Chicago River. Um, it's a floating paradise, it says, exclusively yours to enjoy. The 90-minute, six-passenger hot tub boat is now taking reservations for the months of November and December, as well as all of 2024. The price for the boats is $158 per hour with a two-hour window available starting December 8th. Uh, while food will not be allowed in the boats, riders can bring alcohol. So they say make sure to designate a sober captain. Uh, they said that the boats will have an internal filtration system that both heats and cleans the water in the hot tub while the boat is docked. Um, mm-hmm. In addition to the hot tub boats, the boating group said it also transformed its popular Duffy boats and closing them with a built-in heater. I think I'll pass. <laughs> I'll pass it, model. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. You know, it sounds like a thing that a younger person who doesn't really care about the um, – about the weather uh, will do once just to say that they did it. You know, I think you and I... We're so old that we care about the weather. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. I think you and I were both foolishly in our younger days, you know, in the wintertime, if we went to the clubs, we were the people that left our coats in the car. And... <laughs> yeah. And then, didn't yeah, we'll, do... get it. we'll put it on when we come back. Right, right. You didn't want to do coat checks, and so you pretty much left your coat in the car, and it was probably like 10 degrees outside, snow on the ground, but that was us. I wasn't foolish uh-huh. about that. I was, I, was, I was poor. That's the difference. <laughs> I couldn't pay for coat checks. Actually, they, they did a study on that, I think about a year or two ago, uh, where they were at the University of Wisconsin, and they were uh, following students, and there was these young ladies who were dressed in little or next to nothing. And they were talking about how, and, and as we're talking winter now, but to be careful because if you're outside, drank alcohol, you're probably not too aware of just how cold it is until you have sobered up a little bit. But within that time, it was the dangers of frostbite happening. And so a lot of these uh, college students uh, were coming with cases of frostbite because they had been out without coats in the winter, bar hopping. So, um, Alrighty then. Something that you don't have to worry about there, but, uh, well, at least out in Vegas. Right. <laughs> but, but I'm pretty sure you'll see some people wearing some type of coat and or jacket uh, as it gets a little colder, So, which will probably be a few weeks from now. So, yes. No, they'll, um, they'll, be, they'll be wearing parkas when I get back, and they'll be like, dude, I actually had to wear a parka. <laughs> For a reason. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> uh, but uh, that was one of the interesting stories today. And then the other interesting story that I read this week, I don't know if this is a sad state of affairs, 
for for how we are now. Uh, this story came uh, from Springfield, Illinois, where the Hospital Sisters Health System, which is a Catholic organization based in Springfield, Illinois, is now removing all wooden and metal crucifixes from its hospital's emergency departments and patient rooms. That decision is a response, quote, to the changing healthcare landscape and the general increase in healthcare workers experiencing workplace violence, according to a statement from the health system shared with Becker's, the health system declined to specify if a specific event triggered the change. So safer replacements will be installed, keeping with their standard. Uh, they said that they are working closely with their spiritual care leaders, have researched multiple options, and have identified several crosses that will be unifi- utilized for replacement and secured appropriately. Uh, healthcare and social services report that the highest rates of non-fatal workplace injuries across all sectors, surpassing both manufacturing and construction, by well over 100,000 incidents. And as patient violence rises, the individual health systems and states have taken various actions to protect their workers. Uh, the issue even made its way to Capitol Hill. The Bipartisan Safety from Violence for Healthcare Employees Act was introduced to the U.S. Senate on September 12th. If passed, will make it a federal crime to knowingly assault hospital workers. And removing those crucifixes weren't their first line of defense. Uh, all employees are given management of aggressive behaviors training, and direct care workers go through additional intensive training to learn de-escalation skills. I don't even know what to say, because at this point, if you're in a hospital, the last place where you would think people would be acting a fool, as I say, would be there. But I, uh, I can see the look on your face as you're sitting inside. I, yeah, like what's considered safer? I, 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 it's a, I mean, okay, it'd be one thing if they were like taken down, I don't know number one trophies off the wall or something, but a crucifix? Like, seriously? Yep. Wow, what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> By the way, uh, for you folks, I, I don't really tell Mary too much of the stories that we cover tonight because I prefer her immediate reaction to what happens, and that's one of them. Um, <laughs> I saw this story and I I had to look through it a few times just to believe what I was. I thought it was a joke article, but it was not, unfortunately. Wow. Uh, that, yeah, that, that was is, the next question. Oh my no, gosh. That's not an onion article, unfortunately. But um, you're getting yeah. attacked by by a patient and a crucifix. I just like God bless you, but my goodness, yeah. I take that back. God maybe didn't bless you at this point. <laughs> Yep, that is where we stand now. Um, so, and it and it's sad that it's taking now an act of Congress uh, to protect hospital. Wait, workers. doesn't that? I was gonna say, doesn't that? Uh, well, the crucifix part would, but um, like go against church and the separation of church and state. Uh it would. But the thing is, is that they're looking at the overall assault. On workers, yeah. so it, it had nothing to really do with that because even without a hospital that didn't have those, pretty much the patient will probably still find something else or do something else even without the use of that. So yes, absolutely, but that's still yeah, insane. So, yeah. 
So that's 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 something now that we've come to that point where we have to protect our hospital workers who do such a great job as well um, from anyone being violent towards them. And actually, um, uh, I did hear of stories recently uh, of things about that happening uh, where families just threatening, you know, nurses and doctors, which is just insane. You know, these are the people that are trying to help you. And, you know, unless you've got a PhD yourself, um, you pretty much have to go by what the doctors or nurses are trying to tell you because they know. But right. unfortunately, even in distress or even in signs of frustration, people don't think and they tend to act out. And this is what you get. This is where we're at. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Those are a couple of the most interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't most... even. I don't even have words. No, there isn't. It's like when I saw it, I was like, <laughs> "What do you say to that? How do you react to that? You know? It is what it is. But uh, speaking, of what is? Tonight on the program, coming up in just a couple of moments, we have the Almanac. Um, Also, we will discuss a little bit about some changes that a retailer is now making in regards to how you shop. Um, A lot of retailers are already making changes, but this one in particular um, might make a few people upset. (laughs) And then also on the program tonight, we will have a little bit of potpourri. Uh, I have not, it's not a smoking gun files, but it is kind of a dumb crook award. Uh, we do have tonight and tonight, uh, we will also do, and this is where I'm pre-warning all of you now. Um, we will have the after dark, um, portion of the program tonight, have a few stories that are quite interesting. I'll put it that way. <laughs> All that retro moment of the week, we'll take a look at what's trending. And, yes, that will be our show. Uh, I will let you know uh, next week, um, and I think we're working on that. We may have a special guest next week. Is that correct? Possibly? Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should leave some of the topics for the After Dark conversation for next week as well. We'll share the wealth. We'll probably have it this week, and we'll have some next week. Um, so we'll have a special guest next week, and then the week after that, just to kind of give you guys a heads up, because um, next week we will be here, I do believe next Friday is the 1st of December? That is correct. Uh, so it will be the beginning of the last month of the year. And then on the 8th, um, I don't think we'll have a show. Uh, and then, uh, 15th, <laughs> we'll be back with you. And then we'll be here on the 22nd. The 22nd will be our annual Festivus show. Um, and we're slated to have a special guest that evening as well. And then after that, the last show of the year, uh, the following week on the 29th, we will have our annual year-end awards. So a lot coming up here in the next few weeks. Uh, hopefully you will be able to join us here on Friday nights 
and we thank you if you do already. So, um, man, <laughs> that's quick. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, fr- and putting together the year-end awards, it's I'm already having I know I know what some of our probably top news stories of the year will be. Um, I have a general idea of who my entertainer of the year will be. Oh, I don't I start don't, on that stuff until now. No. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you don't start on it until like the Thursday before. <laughs> the show. Sometimes. Yeah, you have to wait until the Thursday <laughs> before the show. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes I do that too. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I, I kind of, I don't have an idea of personal here. That's very hard. I don't. If you guys have ideas out there or who you think should be person of the year, let us know online. So, uh, but the Almanac uh, today, as I said, is what? November 24th. Um, it is, of course, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, so today is Black Friday uh, here where a lot of people usually do their shopping or the start of their Christmas shopping. <sighs> By the way, I don't get excited about Black Friday anymore because everybody starts sales almost like at the beginning of November. Neither do I. It used to be a time people waited. You know, it was kind of like we're not selling stuff until thanks, the day after Thanksgiving. Right. They now, usually hike up the prices. So that's when you hike up the prices, so it looks like you saved a lot of money. Right. And then, of course, there's Cyber Monday coming up, this upcoming Monday, so... I will tell you right now, no one's going to be really working like they should on Monday. <laughs> so I'll be online. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm always yeah. online. That's on the side. <laughs> That's why I have multiple screens. There you go. That's how you do it. You know, I can't. That's do, how you do it. I can't do multiple screens. It kind of bothers me. How are we friends? <laughs> like if I have to if, if if I'm forced to I will but because I've been working from home you know for a little bit it I have an extra screen but I just don't even bother to use it crazy give me your extra screen I could I would I'd like to go to three screens <laughs> yeah that would just give me a headache at that point I couldn't do like two <laughs> landscape and one portrait <laughs> God, that's even worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I put no. my team messages up on the portrait one so they can scroll and they can do their thing and I don't have to worry about covering them up. And all of my <laughs> other ones, oh, yeah, no, I absolutely would love to get another screen. I don't know if I can finagle it or not, but especially since mm-hmm. I'm going to be moving offices. But, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> love to. There we go. We have someone that wants to do an extra screen. <laughs> We already know a Christmas gift, so screens are on sale. We'll get you one. (laughs) (laughs) Today is also your welcome giving day, which is the day after Thanksgiving. Maze Day, M-A-I-Z-E. Buy Nothing Day is also today. Uh, National Native American Heritage Day. The National Day of Listening. National Flossing Day. Um, And then also on the calendar, because I know a lot of you love it, it is National Sardines Day. <laughs> yep. 
tomorrow it's National Play Day with Dad. It is National Parfait Day. Uh, Small Business Saturday, which is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And I will tell you all, if you have a chance to visit your local merchant, please don't just make it for Saturday, but make it as often as you can because that's the backbone of the community. Um, Definitely, when you have an opportunity, take a visit, especially if you want to on Saturday. Do that, but do it throughout the year if you can. Um, Shopping Reminder Day is on Sunday. Uh, It's also – no, I'm sorry, Saturday. Uh, It's also Blase Day on Saturday. (laughs) Okay. I was I was holding there for a response, but um, Blase Day. The unique uh. observance gives us permission to be blase towards just about anything. Uh, if you're unimpressed I'm by about pumpkin, this day. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're unimpressed by pumpkin spice, everything it's okay to be blase about it. If you heard the same pop song for the fourth time today, be blase. Uh, so yes, I'm blase. I'm blase about that day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> blasé about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, it's National Secondhand Day. It's um, that day. National Cake Day is on the 26th. Monday brings us National Craft Jerky Day. Like alien jerky? No, <laughs> alien jerky. No, right off beef of jerky. Area Alien jerky. I, I don't. I've never had it. What is that? Made out of aliens. He's made out of beef. Alien jerky's made out of aliens. <laughs> Does it taste like chicken? Uh, <laughs> everything tastes like chicken. <laughs> Just ask. Just ask. Um. The 27th also brings us National Bavarian Cream Pie Day. Uh, and then, of course, the Monday after Thanksgiving, it's Cyber Monday. Uh, the 28th, which is on Tuesday, brings us Red Planet Day. It is National Allen Day, A-L-A-N. Uh, so they are celebrating the name Allen and the remarkable meaning behind the name. Uh, you may know someone by the name of Alan, A-L-A-N. So whether they spell it A-L-A-N, A-L-L-A-N, or A-L-E-N, the name is a common name with a not-so-common history. Uh, the name Alan is a masculine name meaning handsome, cheerful, harmony, and noble. Uh, the English language says that the name Alan was brought to England during the 11th century by the people of Brittany. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, it's set to date back to the 6th century. So... Um, yeah, Allen Day. Uh, National Day of Giving is on the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. National French Toast Day is on the 28th. National Package Protection Day is the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. It's sad that we have to come <laughs> to this point. <laughs> but it encourages homeowners to stay alert during these high delivery times. And Wednesday after Thanksgiving is a time to remind us to protect our homes against package theft which becomes more and more prevalent during the holidays. So, yes. Um, it is kind of sad 
That's that really happen. sad. Yes. <laughs> um, and then um, Electronic Readings Day is on November 29th. Uh, the 30th brings us a day of remembrance for all victims of chemical warfare. National Mississippi Day is the 30th. National Mason Jar Day is the 30th. National Moose Day. And then also, it's National Personal Wait, Space Moose, Day. Wait, like moose like as in wah, moose? Or moose as uh, in like M-O-U-S-E-S-S-E? <laughs> M-O-U-S-E. Uh, <laughs> it is M-O-U-S-S-E, moose as in the food. Gotcha. So like the dessert moose. Yes. It is the dessert moose. Um, which I love a good chocolate mousse if there is one out there. <laughs> so yes, is it mousse or would it be mousse? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> National Personal Space Day is also on that day, and then it's also Stay Home Because You're Well Day <laughs> on the thirtieth. Not because you're sick. But because you're well. Because you're well. Yeah. And then next Friday the 1st, that brings us quite a few things. It's National Pie Day. It is Antarctica Day. National Bartender Mm. Day, which is the first Friday in December. Uh, Faux Fur Friday is the first Friday in December. National Eat a Red Apple Day. It is World AIDS Day. Uh, Rosa Parks Day. It is a day without art. It is Bifocals at the Monitor Liberation Day. And those are some of the days to look forward to next Friday. Time out. Bifocals? What is that? Because I have bifocals. Yes, I'm that old. But what? (laughs) So um, each year on December 1st, Bifocals at the Monitor Liberation Day encourages you to free yourself from blurry images. Uh, Freedom comes in the form of an eye exam. Getting your eyes checked is essential to routine eye care. Whether or not you need bifocals, our vision changes over time. So regular eye care includes more than getting glasses, too. Uh, Eye care contributes to our overall health. Deteriorating vision can be an early indicator of other health issues. So getting vision exams on a regular schedule helps doctors identify problems in their early stages. Uh, I'm not going to go into the routine test and what they do, but... It encourages you on that day to get an eye exam and see clear, find a vision provider near you. Uh, if you use a computer throughout the day, be sure to incorporate breaks to give your eyes a rest. Um, so that is uh, what that means, which quite honestly, um, which is interesting is that I've noticed lately that I've gotten a lot more emails from my eye care providers, which is why that's probably <laughs> – <laughs> even though I just saw them at the beginning of the year and it makes no sense because that's something that you do once a year. And I don't know why I would see you before the end of the year. And I just saw you. So, but that's what's coming ahead. But um, yeah, uh, as you get older, you go from the single glasses to the bifocals. Let's not hope, or let's hope not that you get the trifocals or Coke bottle glasses, but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> So, yeah. If I if I go past trifocals, I'm just gonna stop trying. <laughs> like, didn't you read that over there? Nah. <laughs> eh. 
I was blase about it. <laughs> I was very blase about it. <laughs> it's blase day every day. Um, so here's what we're going to do, kids, because we are at the halfway point. Uh, but then again, you heard us every week say that this really isn't officially the halfway point, but we call it that because we base it off of if we were doing it for an hour. But uh, we all know that that doesn't happen. Um, so what we're going to do... <laughs> I'm going to treat you tonight to a couple of retro moments, and then what I will do, uh, when we come back, we'll kind of get started on our topics. We'll take a look at what's trending, and then we will do some odds and ends with potpourri, and then we'll do one additional retro moment before we get into After Dark tonight. So, uh, with that being said, um, we'll be right back. Here with more of Page One with LeVar Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello is the shampoo that glorifies your hair. So, hello, everybody. Hello. Soaping your hair with even finest liquid or cream shampoos hides its natural luster with dulling soap film. So in choosing your next shampoo, remember... Halo Shampoo contains no soap or sticky oils, cannot leave dulling film. Made with a new patented ingredient, Halo glorifies your hair with your very first shampoo, leaves it soft, lustrous, easy to manage, with colorful, natural highlights. Halo quickly, effectively removes loose dandruff from both hair and scalp. Halo gives oceans of fragrant, soft water lather even in hardest water. Rinses away quickly, completely, needs no after-rinse. Especially safe and gentle, it's ideal for children's hair, too. Get Halo at any drug or cosmetic counter. So, Halo, everybody, Halo. Halo shampoo, Halo. Introducing the Ronco ice cream machine. It makes the best ice cream you've ever tasted. Why? Because it's homemade. It's lots of fun and everyone can join in. Simply add cream and your favorite fresh fruits and nuts. You can make cherry vanilla, chocolate ripple, any flavor. The Ronco ice cream machine works automatically while it's in your freezer. It makes a quart and a half of delicious ice cream. A perfect Christmas gift, and it's only $12.88. The perfect Christmas gift, available at these stores. You're listening to Page One. Page One. With LaVar and Mary. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LaVar and Mary. Welcome back to page one on this Friday night, November 24th. <laughs> you know, shame on me. Uh, I've told some of you since my return that part of this show, I usually will do standing. And <laughs> and pretty much uh, when I get to certain points, because I've stood for so long, LeVar also has to sit. So uh, <laughs> as I was doing the other retro moment, and when we were coming back, I'm like, hey, you've got to sit now. So uh, <laughs> I had to readjust some things here uh, at my desk. Um, thankfully, I'm quick enough as to where we can get that done. Uh, but welcome back. <laughs> it's Friday night. The things you don't see. See, I'm too honest. Like, I tell you all what happens. I mean, you, for all you know, 
This is like a flawless show that goes through, and you never know. But I'm honest, man. We're open like that. We're going to tell you. It's not perfect. Uh, anyway, so, of course, today's Black Friday. One of the things that we are, uh, that is happening is that here in the States, Target is reportedly planning to restrict some of its self-checkout areas to shoppers purchasing 10 items or less. The change will only affect a small number of stores during a test phase, according to Target, a representative who spoke with CNN. A spokesperson for the chain was not immediately available to confirm whether the idea will be implemented at the additional stores in the near future. The decision to limit some of Target's self-checkout shoppers to 10 items was made in order to heighten the customer experience and specifically reduce wait times. Uh, But according to the company's COO, shoppers are increasingly preferring full-service checkout, too. He says, since their goal for Target is to be the easiest place for the guests to shop, our teams have been focused on the front-of-store experience with the goal of providing consistently great service through the in-store checkout experience, along with drive-up and in-store pickup. Um, So in addition to Target, multiple Walmart locations have recently made a move to deter shoppers from the self-checkout area by getting rid of the option altogether. Uh, Nextstar's KRQE reported in early October that three Albuquerque Walmart stores had removed or were planning to remove their self-checkout lanes, an idea that polarized guests. One woman told the station that she waited in line for a good 15 minutes, despite only having a few items she would have otherwise rung up at self-checkout, where others claimed they preferred full-service checkout anyway. At the time, a spokesperson for Walmart similarly cited the guest experience as an uh, impetus for the change. Uh, Some of the company's employees also told Business Insider that theft is more common at self-checkout lanes, perhaps pointing to another reason Walmart and other retailers are moving the limit or oversee the option. Uh, Target closed stores in several states this year, specifically citing theft and organized retail crime, but stopped short of blaming self-checkout. Earlier this year, Costco also announced an overhaul of its self-checkout policy, telling shoppers that proof of membership and perhaps a photo ID may be required. Uh, With them, they said that our membership policy states that our membership cards are not transferable, and since expanding their self-service checkout, we noticed that non-member shoppers have been using membership cards that do not belong to them. Uh, They don't feel it's right that non-members receive the same benefits and pricing as our members. Despite any new limitations and restrictions at the self-checkout, the National Retail Federation has not seen, quote, compelling evidence that this is an industry-wide trend. Uh, pushback against self-checkout, however, appears to be growing in some regions. The president of the Sparkle Markets grocery chain, Ohio, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania, said earlier this year that stores would not adopt any self-checkout lanes in order to support workers in the community. Um, I know that you sometimes are probably a fan of the uh, – probably just have them bring it out to your car <laughs> – <laughs> but I can't tell you how polarizing in the beginning that it was, especially for older people. And to see them now kind of backtrack on this is actually kind of funny because it was something that I knew would not last because we went from checkout to self-checkout to self-checkout, you know, with all of these cameras and flashing lights and everything else. And then they wanted to add more people standing there to kind of oversee it. And it got a little hairy because at times what happened is that if somebody missed something, they felt that they were being blamed or accused of something. And that started fights. And now here we are backtracking out on it because it seemed to have been a failure. Uh, 
are you surprised at how quickly that this has happened? Or do you think that they should continue to keep self-checkout with maybe some restrictions for people who do self-checkout? I mean, okay. Um, Oh, I don't know how to answer this well. I use self-checkout when I have very few items. And or at stores like my local grocery store where they have only one lane open, but then they have 17 self-checkout lanes. The thing I don't like doing is that if I have a full cart of groceries, I don't like going to the self-checkout if I'm only by myself because then I can't, I want to be as quick as if I had to go, you know, like I want to be as quick as somebody that's only got 10 items. It is really polarizing. It really is, you know, it really does suck. And there's no good answer to it, you know. Um, Retail chains say that self-checkout helps them keep the overhead low, but then really, because the prices I'm seeing are still going up and up and up, you know. Right. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to be mad if they go back to having a regular checkout as long as when people check out with those cashiers, they're not assholes. <laughs> right. Um, they haven't been. I mean, at least in my experience, they haven't been. Actually, by the way, I was actually quite surprised uh, while I was at uh, Walmart. Uh, I was getting super glue. And do you know you have to be 18 or over to get super glue. What? When did that start? <laughs> yes. I don't know when. And what happened was that uh, I scanned the item and the, you know, the light starts going off and then you get like the screen and it was like, Hey, you uh, have an item that requires, you know, further processing and wait for the associate. And it was like a big, huge little sign that came up and was like, it must be 18 or over to purchase the super glue. I mean, it was like a little small container. I don't understand. And, and, and I think there was one other item I did purchase once uh, that was something that you wouldn't even expect that required an ID. Um, so I'm so shocked. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I, don't, I think that's another reason for self-checkout. I'm just like, at this point, you know, if I go and I have something that is like alcohol or is something like that or a spray paint, not that I'm going to buy all at the same time. Uh, alcohol, but, spray paint, super glue. That sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah that, that's that sounds like a Friday night. Yeah, that sounds like an interesting <laughs> evening, and I don't think I would want to know what anybody was doing. With any, All you need is duct items. tape and some plastic gloves. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and added a shovel, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that sure. Is. Not sure I want to know what type of evening that person's having with the bio. <laughs> Cable ties and a meat thermometer. Yeah, you know, uh, just a few of the regular items that somebody might buy in one full. <laughs> you know, I wonder, though, in this in this day and age, if somebody buys a lot of items that just doesn't seem right. Because it already is a little creepy when you go to the store and the store knows that you were there. Even though 
I mean, I guess if you're using the same card or whatever it is, because uh, Walmart does know that. Because if I go, they'll say, hey, did you enjoy buying this? I'm like, well, how do you know? You know, and it makes me wonder if someone bought particular items that just kind of doesn't seem to mesh up together. If <laughs> they kind of keep that in like some type of like database, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. He went and bought this that night. He bought a bunch of weird stuff that normally they, you don't get all together, you know. It looks like you've been looking for 50-gallon right. garbage bags. No, I wasn't right. the same. Right. So yard yeah, waste for that that wood chipper you bought. Hey Fargo, <laughs> what's going on? So I don't know. Uh, that is a very interesting thing. But um, we're gonna do something rare. We haven't done this in a minute. Um, uh, we're going to uh, see that we actually do have uh, someone that is calling in. We have probably a quick minute to take calls because we've got a really busy show tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and we will take the call. Um, caller, did you have something that you want to add tonight to the show? Welcome you to know, uh, yeah, happy uh, Thanksgiving. But you know, if you sat out at a counter in a restaurant, got up and leave, your DNA footprint will still remain there in that spot for a period of time where it can't be measured. Your skin is shedding. It's falling to the ground, up to the floor. That's why I come come when Rage makes a formula. Six months later, it doesn't affect the bugs. Because the formula won't harm you. Your DNA is used to it. When you shed skin, your DNA falls to the ground and bugs and everything else eat it. Plus it's food. And they become immune to the same things that you are practically. Not all, but practically. Another thing as far as those self-checkouts, there's been some talks by some people to their legislature that those kiosks should be taxed, an employee tax, when they take the place of a human being. If they're there for 24 hours in use, they should be taxed. 24 hours worth of employee benefits that goes to the states to pay for infrastructure and other local concerns that is dependent on taxing employees. Same thing should go to AI and robots. They should be taxed an employee tax. The company still makes out they don't have to pay insurance as far as workers' comp. They don't have to pay vacation time. But they still tax anytime you have technology that replaces a live human who's being taxed an employee tax. Well, that technology, AI, robots, whatever, should also encompass those taxes too. That way you don't have to increase the taxes on those who are still working, where it becomes such a burden that uh, they can't breathe. That's what I had to say. Well, no, I'd definitely see that. Actually, you know, that will be interesting to see where this goes. Is it it going to be a local – uh, law where you live, or you know if that's going to go national, or is it just starting there in your area? Well, we're talking with legislatures that I meet. It okay. wouldn't be federal because you all have seen, you know, federal taxes. I imagine they would want the federal government would want to come in on them because you, in your salary, 
and wages, you do pay a federal tax, federal income tax, and also to federal unemployment. So locally and statewide, yes, it can be done. And it should be done because you still have to have roads repair. You still need schools that need to be funded. And you still have to pay for public service, which includes police. And we know that the public service budget on cities, like in St. Louis, is over 51%. That is totally ridiculous. But it also includes the police. Wow. Well, definitely, if you uh, hear anything else, just uh, keep us posted and let us know. But, yeah, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on this story. Thanks so much for calling in tonight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, interesting. Where? I mean, ever, it's an interesting uh, take on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's you know wherever you're at, uh, I'm sure that that changes. One other additional story with Target, uh, in the way that some things have changed, uh, they also kind of already seen wherever we live, but they are pretty much at this point trying to fight theft at its stores. That's left a lot of customers frustrated to find many any everyday items now locked up. Uh, their CEO, Brian Cornell, uh, claimed that many shoppers are actually grateful to see their body wash, toothpaste, and deodorant behind a glass panel. Uh, I don't know about that. On a media call with reporters discussing their fiscal third quarter earnings, they, uh, CNBC asked him if the retailer can quantify the sales loss from shoppers who are frustrated with waiting for employees to unlock cases in store. He said that the shopper responsible to the policy has been uh, – the response to the policy has been positive. Um, he said that in the last week uh, he's been on the East Coast and the West Coast and many of those stores uh, where items are locked up. And actually what they hear from the guests is a big thank you because they are stocked with the brands that they need when they're shopping at the stores. Um, now, they also asked him to confirm that Target hasn't seen a measurable drop in sales or traffic in those stores because of the inconvenience of having to wait for items. Uh, he says it's just the opposite. And theft continues to pressure their financial results. The retailer has repeatedly said stolen items have hurt its profits at a time when sales have stagnated and the company struggles to recapture the growth it saw during the COVID pandemic. Uh, They blame theft for its decision to close nine stores during the third quarter in New York, uh, the Bay Area in California, Seattle, and Portland, Oregon. Um, Like other retailers, Target has put many items in lock cases in stores where theft was the bigger problem. Uh, that move comes after they invested billions to improve the shopper experience and make stores more convenient. 26% of consumers surveyed by CoreSight Research in August said that they would shop elsewhere, and 26% said that they would move online if their local store put items under lock and key. Uh, a lot of shoppers have expressed frustration on social media platforms about the inconvenience of waiting for store employees to unlock a case in order to get a product off a shelf. I'm not sure if you have probably seen a lot of that happening where you're at, but that is very, at times, uh, discouraging uh, to kind of have that delay in shopping. Uh, And I think we talked about this recently where, you know, there were certain stores where that is, uh, like here in Chicago with the Walgreens that I told you about, where uh, a lot of the stuff was under lock and key. Um, it kind of almost is like an unwelcoming type of thing, and I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I, I'm kind of 
a lot of makeup has already been under lock and key. So if I was going to go, unless you're going to a very specific store that only does makeup. Um, so I'm kind of used to already kind of scanning for employees in the area. And if I know I'm going to be going to places where stuff is under lock and key, if it's behind glass, um, that I can kind of be like, hey, I'm going to be needing something. Do you mind? Let me find it, and then you can come and unlock it for me. And usually if I give them the heads up, the wait time for it is super short. Um, or if I know I'm going to be doing that, I do that first if I can, or I do that last if I can. If I can't, do it first and carry it around the store with me. Um, and it really just depends on the store. A lot of the stores in my area already have moved a lot of their smaller drugstore items to a enclosed, like, it's not necessarily enclosed, but an enclosed area um, that you have to go through, a, a like a, a specific, there's only one way to in and one way out, and a lot of things are behind glass, and I, it's just something that you got to get used to if you're going to buy that. Unfortunately, we've got people that have made it that way. So the people that are complaining, are you, if you're not part, if you're complaining because you aren't part of the problem, then you're standing by when the part of the problem is happening. It's just the way that it is. So it's it's either we're part of the problem or part of the solution. You either make it good or you don't. It's it's kind of that way now. And I guess I've just gotten used to it. I don't know that I like it, but I just got used to it. I was uh, almost waiting for you to... <laughs> I was waiting for you to almost say, you want to do this the easy way or the hard way? <laughs> well, unfortunately, everybody's chosen the hard way. So here we are. Uh, well, yeah, so that's what I was expecting, but no. Um, so let's take a look before we kind of go into a little bit of potpourri tonight of what is trending. Um, Friday night, uh, SmackDown uh, is trending here in the States. Uh, they actually originated here from Chicago tonight because tomorrow is the Survivor Series uh, from Chicago. So that was their, uh, as they call it, a go-to-home show right before the pay-per-view or the premium live event, as they call it now, tomorrow night. Also trending tonight is a bit of breaking news. Um, the Associated Press is reporting that uh, ex-officer Derek Chauvin, who was convicted in George Floyd's killing, uh, was stabbed in a prison in Arizona. Um, there is no other word um, on his condition or what happened, uh, but that is from an AP source tonight. Uh, also uh, trending tonight, there's a lot of, I'm not sure if you noticed, that there was a lot of football on today. Um, it kind of felt like a Saturday, and it's not a Saturday. <laughs> Um, it really but, did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, Bo Nix um, of University of Oregon is trending um, as he uh, had a couple of good throws in his game, some bad, some good. Uh, Texas Hook'em is trending tonight. Uh, Arch Manning made his debut uh, as he entered the game for Texas, as they currently were holding a 50-7 to lead over Texas Tech. And uh, the long-awaited debut of Arch Manning uh, has occurred if you were watching that game. Uh, also trending tonight, the New York Knicks, uh, who 
were down by 21 points to the Miami Heat uh, and came back and got the win. They uh, pretty much are keeping their hopes alive in the um, – what is that? You know, it's it's sad, but right now I know it's the current uh, con- uh, tournament for the NBA and season tournament. Uh, so that's going on for them right now. Uh, like I said, beyond that, tonight a lot of basketball, a lot of college football, uh, and a lot of wrestling uh, is trending uh, for uh, tonight. And that is what's trending. So I don't think I had anything. Oh, by the way, did you see Dolly Parton yesterday? Yes, I did. And you know what? The first thing that went through my brain is, I don't care how old that lady is, I I hope to be able to fit into a freaking cowboy's cowgirl's outfit. Like, my God. She looked awesome. How old is I, she? How old is she? Like, 77, I believe, is what 70s? I heard. Yeah, 77. Yeah, I was going to say, she's in her 70s. Yeah, 70s. I was like, I, I'm not even to the half century mark and I feel like I'm 75. So <laughs> <laughs> she looked fantastic. I, Hey man, <laughs> Dolly can still get it. That's all I'm saying. Dolly is now like mm-hmm. the person that we're all trying to protect. Cause since Betty White left us, you know, Dolly's the person that we're all trying to protect now. <laughs> that's like, yep. That's our, that's our new Betty White. It's Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is, you know, I've mentioned that before. And so she's like the favorite. She came out with her rock album because when she went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year, she said, hey, if I'm here, then I have to come out with some type of rock and roll album, which she did, which was, was of some rock standards, which was awesome. I think I've heard a song or two. And um, she can't do any wrong. She could not do any wrong unless she just did like just something blatant, uh, blatantly bad. Uh, but even then, she's been the same Dolly Parton since she came upon the scene. So, um, and does a lot of. Things I think that's that, what I. That's uh, I think that's why I like her the best. She's been. I don't care how crazy she has been about whatever or what what her views are, and I don't even. It, she she doesn't really put them out there, mm-mm. like her political views or anything like that. She doesn't really put them out there. Nope. She's consistently Dolly. Mm-hmm. You see what you get, what you see, what you get. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, there's no extra weird stuff. I am Dolly Parton. It takes a lot of money to look this trashy. That you know that that white trash person looks you know stunning, and and I want to be that person or whatever her interview was for that. It was like beautiful, whatever. I don't even care. She's right. always been Dolly Parton. She's always been that person. And I mm-hmm. I admire that. And she and she still looks great, and I think that's probably why I admire her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she looks awesome, and yeah, that, that yeah, I don't even know how people could talk wrong about it yet. Like I've seen some people online who you know had their little snide comments, and I was like, that lady looks good. Uh, in yeah, that are outfit. you seventy-seven? Right, she could pass. Are you seventy-seven? Put your... on that outfit. <laughs> right, she could pass for a cheerleader if she wanted to. <laughs> So, no, don't say anything bad. Don't don't you talk about Miss Dolly? <laughs> I'm telling you, those are glass houses. You want to you want to say something? You better be 77 and wearing that outfit too. You know, 
that's the one thing, and I, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but that you know, that's the one thing about social media that I always have encountered. That there's always somebody with a really silly or snide comment about something that, you know, in a nice moment or in any type of moment, I'm kind of glad that social media did not come along until recently. Um, you know, I think about, you know, people going to social media to uh, voice their opinions, many of it unwarranted, uh, not needed, not helping the situation. And the thing is, is that if this was around, if social media was around during World War II, we probably would have lost that war. I don't even say that. I think I've said that before because you have so many just like disillusioned people who sit here and want to question things that happen or want to know things. You can't know everything that happens. Sometimes it's best that, you know, things aren't there in the general populace, you know, and that it doesn't come to light until years from now because there are things that have to happen. You know, people would probably – for the Battle of Normandy, we want to know weeks in advance what we're going to do with social media or probably have some complaint about it. You know, I look back at, like, things in history that's happened. I'm like, well, thank goodness we didn't have social media because there would be people trying to be the first to either break the story or complain about something else and not be entirely in on it. You know, did you have detractors back then? Yeah, but those people, you didn't know about them. Why? Because the majority <laughs> didn't have to be poisoned by someone coming online and just saying something bad. Or even now when you see, you know, models or uh, people online doing their thing, their own thing, didn't say anything bad about anybody. And there'll be somebody that comes along and has like these really ugly comments to make uh, or wants to down people. I don't know why in this society that we feel like we can hide behind a computer screen and down people or, you know, down them for their looks or down them for other things. But life's too short, man. Get over yourselves. Get off the computer. If you've got anything to do, turn that negativeness into like a positive way. Go do something. Go volunteer somewhere. There's people that need help. <laughs> so. Bravo. Listen to man. you. Woo! Amen. <laughs> Preach, brother. <laughs> Uh, uh, minute rant I'm, done over. With, I'm done with my two minute rant now. Anyway, um, from the potpourri files, there is a company called Bloomsy Box, and they are looking to hire a Hallmark Christmas movie reviewer to watch twelve of the festive <laughs> Hallmark films. And just are as you many telling me days. this after they've already like taken down the post? Because I will, I will apply. But, no, no, this just came out um, yesterday. So pretty much the company, an online flower subscription service, is also promising to pay the selected candidate $2,000 to rate the films along with over $500 worth of additional prizes. The countdown to Christmas is fast approaching, so we at Bloomsy Box want to settle the debate. What's the greatest piece of Hallmark holiday cinema ever created? Read a portion of the application page. To find out, they're looking for one special Christmas movie maven to watch and rate 12 different Hallmark Christmas favorites in 12 days. Job responsibilities include watching the 12 movies and ranking them by five different criteria, festivity uh, factor, predictability quotient, chemistry check, tearjerker test, and replay value. 
Uh, those movies range from about 2008 to now, including the most wonderful time of the year, Crown for Christmas, The Nine Lives of Christmas, Christmas Getaway, Journey Back to Christmas, Ghost of Christmas Always, Family for Christmas, Christmas Under Wraps, Three Wise Men and a Baby. Wait, it doesn't have Christmas in the title? A Royal Christmas, North Pole, and that sounds like a porn. And the Christmas tree. That is porn. <laughs> right, right. In addition to $2,000 in pay to be paid upon completion of the reviews, the applicant who wins the role will be provided with hot cocoa, two pairs of socks from UGG, $60 to purchase a one-year subscription to Peacock, and a 12-month flower subscription from Bloomsy Box. Hopeful Hallmark fans can apply through December 3rd. Additional details, including terms, conditions, and requirements of the role, can be found at Bloomsy Box site. You have until December 3rd to go online and sign up for that. And You know I am going to. You I know you that do. I'm going to. I am a movie person. I hope you do. And I hope you get it. And then that way you can, you know, come back do and that. talk about it here too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Two for the price of one. Even though, as we always say, we know what's probably going to happen in those movies. And I told somebody last night at the dinner, and I, we were joking about it because there was a, a BET Christmas movie on. And I told them, I was like, I already know what the premise is going to be, how it's going to happen, how it's going to end. And it's the same thing. And people still get caught up. I don't know how people still get caught up in the same type of movies. Um, but, yeah, it is uh, – you can do it. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. I will put in for it and see what happens. There you go. I think you should do it. Um, okay. So there is a trend that's also kind of going on here. Uh, if you, well, as it says, sardines swirling in preserved lemons, mackerel basking in curry sauce, Char-grilled squid bathing in ink. All are currently current. You know, I can't talk tonight. All are culinary delicacies (laughs) long popular in Europe that are now making their mark on U.S. menus. Uh, The country's canned seafood industry is moving well beyond tuna sandwiches, a pandemic era trend that began with Americans in lockdown, demanding more of their covered staples. Since then, the U.S. market has only expanded, fueled by social media influencers touting the benefits of the high-powered protein food and brightly colored uh, metal containers. On the TikTok channel Tend, uh, Tend Aficionado, Chris Wilson posts recipes for quick meals, including one mixing leftover rice, soy sauce, avocado, and a runny egg with a tin of smoked mussels from the Danish company uh, Thanks. Uh, tend fish, as it's called in Europe, is now a regular offering on menus at wine bars from San Francisco to Houston to New York, where patrons scoop the content straight out of the can. There are even 10 fish clubs that mimic wine clubs by sending members monthly shipments of various seafood packed in various combinations of spices and sauces. Videos on 10 fish, from tastings to how-to tips to cleaning the fishy smell from cans, have generated more than 30 million views on TikTok. And the U.S. canned seafood industry sales have grown from $2.3 billion in 2018 to more than $2.7 billion so far this year. Um, so, well, actually, by the way, the fish uh, products 
Some range from seven ninety nine to ten ninety nine per ten. Uh, and as always, they said it can be served over rice bowls, on charcuterie boards, or in salads. Um, to that end, Fishwife's products included smoked salmon, brined in salt, garlic salt, and brown sugar, then hand-packed in the cans with uh, Sichuan chili crisp crafted in the Chinese city of Shindu. Uh, its anchovies from the <laughs> contraband sea are packed with premiums, extra virgin olive oil, sourced directly from farmers in northern Spain. This all sounds way too fancy and way too gross, but I know don't knock it till you try it. Um, <laughs> and the one shop also has uh, $36 for what's called Consovas de Cambados, or sea urchin caviar from Spain. Um, are you, have you tried any of those or are you, does it sound interesting enough as to where you might consider eating more tinned fish? So, yes, I have had tinned fish. Yes, I have had sardines. Um, no, I'm not a big fan of sardines. In fact, I don't like sardines. If I had a choice between sardines and Brussels sprouts, I would choose Brussels sprouts. Um, but that's specifically sardines. Some of those did sound good. Like the one in the curry sauce sounded interesting. So, like, would I try some of them? Yes. Some Some of those combinations sounded really good. Would I eat sardines? Because sardines are a very specific thing. They are a specific fish in a tin. It's not just tin. You can't call all tin fish sardines because not all, and not all of that was fish. So I'm like, mm, mm. like that's like calling like that's like calling a veggie burger a hamburger. It's not a hamburger. It's not made with beef. <laughs> Even though I add pig to it, it don't matter. But no, I'm just it, some of it I would try. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I don't well, like sardines. Time. I I hated sardines. I hate sardines. And yet here I was sitting in the kitchen eating sardines out of the can with crackers, and it was so I was like I was so ashamed of myself. <laughs> and then of course uh, I cannot go through the rest of this without having a story from, uh, well. No, I won't even know. It's actually a little bit older. But I do have two <laughs> interesting stories. I, I love throwing out stories as I'm going through this. But uh, I I feel like this weekend um, I have to do some type of animal story because we haven't done that in a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so quite a few have made their way, but none the less that are more frightening than this one. An insurance agent in Farmington, Missouri, is taking steps to ensure she never again has the shocking experience she had a few weeks ago, finding out that there was a giant spider living in her ear. Desiree Kelly's eerie experience happened on October 18th when she woke up at 5 a.m. feeling a strange fluttering sensation in her right ear, according to People magazine. Uh, At first... (laughs) God, that sounds so bad. Um, At first... I've heard these stories before, and every time they don't get easier. Um, but 
for her, uh, she said that at first when that happened, um, she uh, thought that the feeling was caused by a tassel on her bed's comforter and went back to sleep. And when she awakened again, she considered going to the local urgent care. She said she almost talked herself out of going because she was like, oh, it's all in my head. It was 5 a.m. and I was tired. Uh, But her fiancé actually begged her to have her ear checked, and she went to the clinic. And she says that she was sitting in the waiting room, and that's when she felt it move again. She says it was painful. It felt like something was at the base of my eardrum, and in that moment, I was convinced it was wax. And she started crying, one, because it was uncomfortable, but two, she felt embarrassed that now they're going to look at her ear, tell her it's wax, tell her to clean her ear out and send her home, and that she's going to get a bill in the mail. But it wasn't what happened. The nurse noticed something in her right ear and told her it definitely wasn't a moth. And she said then that's when the fears start to set in. And the nurse treated her ear by irrigating it with water and letting it drain the bowl under her ear. And she says they were dumping the bowl and they're dumping and probably dumped it three times. And then she goes over to the sink to refill the water. And while she's refilling the water bottle, she felt it moving at the back of her ear. And she's rushing back over and telling her to put the bowl up to your ear. And she saw a black object fall out of her ear onto her sweater, which made the nurse step back for a second. And then the nurse started to grab at the hoodie. And she says, I watched something jump from my shoulder to the ground. And then I watched it crawl. And that's when she realized it was a spider and that it was alive. Uh, She says that it wasn't small. And she says about the size of a nickel. Um, She said that the incident was so traumatic that the nurses had to give her a bag to throw up in because she was gagging. Uh, luckily for her, there was no damage to her eardrum and no medication was needed to stop the infection. In addition, her ear was free of spider parts and eggs. And a follow-up on TikTok, uh, she said the invader was a jumping spider, which are fairly common, but the experience has affected her. She says every, every night since that night, she's had earplugs in her ears and that she doesn't think that she can sleep without earplugs again. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have words. Like, okay, so when you're, like, describing what they were doing, I've had that done before where I've had so much buildup that I've had to, and I don't know what causes it, but I've had to have my ears irrigated, so I, I I can actually see that happening. But the fact that they couldn't don't they normally look in your ear first? I like with that, that little they do. thingy. I thought they did, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> Apparently they do not. So, yeah. Um, by the way, uh, I did have one other additional story from you know I'm gonna. Uh, so, this one came from the UK, and we will probably have to ask our friend Chris when he joins us next week. But uh, the article from UPI says, blue balls on British beaches originated from power plants. <laughs> you start laughing mysterious... halfway through. Say it again. Blue balls <laughs> on the UK beach. What? Blue balls on British beaches originated from power plants. 
Oh, I'll tell you okay. what happened. So thousands of mysterious blue rubber balls that washed up on British beaches in recent days originated from a power plant. The Tees Valley Wildlife Trust said that the spongy rubber balls are used to clean pipes <laughs> at the Hartlepool Power Station and occasionally spill out into the sea when too much pressure builds up. The balls are made of rubber and are not radioactive, but of course they still endanger the marine wildlife. The trust is asking members of the public to report locations at which the balls wash up on the beach so energy company EDF, which operates the power plant, can retrieve them. I'm not going to get started about blue balls on the beach. I, I know that. I know that's where it was headed. <laughs> we're not going there. <laughs> so here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> I, I I saw it, and as soon as I saw it, I had to read the article. You know, when you see something, you gotta read the article twice. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. We'll have to ask Chris if he's ever been to the beach and saw blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> or picked up blue balls. Or had yeah. blue balls. <laughs> so that's for all of us folks to know that story for next week. Uh, <laughs> we'll do it. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I want to call it something else, but I, I'm going to keep on calling it After Dark. So we haven't done After Dark in a minute. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, and this is why I'm taking the quick break, so that I can give you all a warning, because if there are kids in the room, uh, the next uh, topic that we will talk about is that of an adult nature. Um, listener discretion is advised, so if you do have any kids in the room and you don't want them to hear what we're about to talk about next during the After Dark segment, it's a good time to put headphones on them and <laughs> tell them to go play a video game or something. Just thought I'd warn you all now. So after we come back from this quick little break, we'll start off the dark. You're listening to Page One with LaVar and Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. New from Swanson and only from Swanson. A delicious new difference in frozen dinners. It's an added home-style touch. Look, cranberry sauce, new in the turkey dinner cocktail sauce in the fried shrimp dinner, and hashed brown potatoes, new in the beef dinner. Each of these Swanson dinners, turkey, fried shrimp, and beef, gives you the added home-style touch. It's new from Swanson, and only from Swanson. No one but Swanson gives you so much extra goodness in frozen dinners. So try these dinners with the added home-style touch. The turkey dinner with tangy cranberry sauce and all the trimmings. The fried shrimp dinner with special cocktail sauce. And the beef dinner with golden hashed brown potatoes, plus two other vegetables. They're yours only from Swanson. You can trust Swanson for the best and the newest in frozen dinners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I am rushing to the store. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I am 
sure that it's good for someone. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to the After Dark segment here on page one. Uh, we haven't done this in a while, so as I said, listener discretion is advised. Um, a few topics tonight in the After Dark. This one, not really surprising. Uh, Gen Z, or Generation Z, isn't interested in finding, quote, the one. More than half, 59% of Gen Zers either want an open or a polyamorous relationship, according to a recent study from Ashley Madison. 65% believe those types of relationships provide fuller sexual and romantic life experiences, while nearly half admit that one sexual partner simply can't fulfill their sexual needs. While it should be noted that the results of the study are slightly skewed as the people polled were all users of Ashley Madison, which is a dating site for married people that encourages affairs, experts agree that Generation Z is more accepting of open relationships than previous generations. In the past, people couldn't wrap their head around uh, polyamory and being tied to infidelity, according to a New York clinical social worker. But as every generation does, Generation Z is breaking the mold of everything from workplace etiquette to relationship norm. Uh, they said that there is certainly a new perspective in terms of how we look at relationships and what it means to be in a committed one. Open relationships are nothing new, although our willingness to openly talk about them is a fairly recent trend. And uh, Generation Z specifically uh, appears to be more than willing to discuss and engage in open relationships for a multitude of reasons. For one, being more gender and sexually fluid, Generation Zs uh, usually uh, are using open relationships as a way to explore their identities and desires. Technology and social media have also played a role thing that Gen Z does, including non-monogamy, allowing them to see models of different relationships, have more access to an array of porn, become accustomed to constant change, be more communicative, and connect with more people. Uh, criticized for oversharing and broadcasting everything online, Generation Z is notorious for revealing in-depth looks into their everyday from what they eat to how they manage their relationships. Um, Generation Z can see their peers and others sharing their stories. Uh, they, on that study, 51% said that they seek outside partners because one person alone can't fulfill their sexual needs. 26% says that they're testing the waters to see if it's monogamy or just their primary partner, partner that's unfulfilling. 23% said that they generally feel fulfilled in their romantic relationships, but there's always room for more. 16% says, I can't be happy and monogamous at the same time. And 13% says one person alone can't fulfill their emotional needs. Um, one of the other things is they said that social media really normalizes having the kind of relationship you find fulfilling, however it's constructed. Uh, and it's really quite liberating for a lot of Gen Zers to see their curiosities, beliefs, and values reflected. Uh, as for the porn side of it, it says this generation has also grown up with easy access to a wide variety of porn, which has inspired many to explore and become accustomed to different kinds of sex, which may require adding partners. Um, and experts note that due to things like travel accessibility, remote work, switching jobs more often, dating apps, and of course social media, humans today communicate and connect with more people than ever. Uh, meeting so many people may pique those Gen Z's interest have them question whether their one person is enough, uh, or as some call it FOMO, fear of missing out, can also come into play when choosing a partner. Repeating narratives defining Gen Z as the members of this generation have reacted to the major events and phenomena that have defined them in extreme ways. 
Now, they also believe, in, as far as benefits of non-monogamy, 65% said fuller sexual and or romantic life experiences, more open-mindedness and acceptance towards different forms of love. 46% says they help people learn to comfortably ask for what they want in order to be more satisfied. 42% said less pressure on one person to fulfill all the needs of their partner. And 35% says fewer unhappy relationships since you can get your needs met more easily. Um, what do you think? I mean, I think it's a bunch of hooey, but, you know, who am I to judge? Uh, <laughs> can't judge anyone for that, but I just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I, uh, I don't want to be a judgy person. I think it's <laughs> too late though, right? Um, right. As I start with, it's a bunch of hooey. I, I I think that part of it is. I was waiting for you to say FOMO, because I really do think it's more of a FOMO thing. Fear That's what they said. Yeah, it's more of a FOMO thing than it is a. I want to make sure that I can ask for what I want. No. No, piss off. You can ask for what you want and have that fulfilled by one person, I think. I don't think that you need to have more than one person. And if you do, then there's other things there lying in in wait there. There's there's more to it than just I need I can't have all my needs fulfilled by one person sexually. I just I don't I don't know. I don't see it. Then again, I- I guess my Baboons question is and point, other monkey, great monkeys are pack animals, so maybe we're going backwards in evolution. <laughs> well, I, I guess my whole thing about this is that if there is a fear of missing out and a fear of wanting to see what's on the other side of the grass, if it is that rationale, then why be in a relationship with someone? At that point, you might as well be single and you might as well, like, kind of just jump from person to person. <laughs> because at that point, why get involved in a relationship? Because relationships require, at least in my mind, <laughs> you know, a commitment here. Um, and if you're not committed to the person that you're with or you feel that they aren't giving you what you need, isn't that what we kind of call, like, a broken relationship? And at that point, you're moving on? You can't have your cake and eat it, too. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. And, you know, people are like, hey, I'm with so-and-so. They look great. And we mesh in these ways, but this is missing. But I still kind of want to keep it while looking for someone else to provide what they are missing. And it doesn't even begin to get into that whole thing of how the other person feels. Because I'm pretty sure they're not going to be open to that. <laughs> or if they are, they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. I, I it reminds me of a TV show. There was a there was an episode on a TV show where somebody was dating more than one person, and uh, they're like, "Oh, so this is blah blah blah." You know, this is Joe, and they're like, "Oh no no no, this is not Joe. This is." James, okay, and James uh, stimulates me uh, intellectually 
but doesn't do anything for me physically. Like I'm not physically attracted to him. But Joe is highly sexual and satisfies my physical, you know, desires, but doesn't stimulate my mind. In my brain, I'm going, so then find somebody that does both. Right. Like, okay, you have Joe. You know what you like from Joe. You know what you like from James. Go find John, who has all the stuff that James and Joe have, you know? By the I way, I think, that, I, I think that show that you were trying to think of was Sex in the City. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never watched Sex in the City. Um, I, I know. Oh, sacrilegious. Um, but no, I, I don't remember what it was, but I never watched Sex in the City, so it wasn't that. But yeah, that's what I was like. Come on, dude. Just find your Mr. Big. Oh, I know my you... memes. What? <laughs> I know my memes. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of that, uh, for some freaky sweeties out there, the F in WFH, or work from home, is taking on a whole new meaning. Thanks to remote work, Wednesday isn't the only hump day. A September 2023 report has found that one in four, or just over 25% of work from home employees, are having sex on the clock and using the fire, smoke, sandwich, and headphone emojis in their virtual work statuses while enjoying risque romps. As remote work has become the norm for many workers, our findings show that many couples are taking advantage of the coziness of their own homes to improve their intimate relationships. According, that's from study researchers at Calendar Labs, a digital calendar hub, exclusively told The Post. It says having these intimate moments during work hours could elevate anticipation and excitement for partners, continued the analysis, noting that uh, masking their spank-worthy conduct with cryptic cartoon characters may add another level of sultry spice. Using different emojis to note that they are away from their desk seems to be an easy way for remote workers to get intimate during the workday without coworkers or managers wondering if they're working. To determine how many not-safe-for-work 9-to-5ers regularly indulge in a little afternoon delight, Survey has polled just over 1,000 sexually active staffers across the U.S. between the ages of 18 and 75. Results revealed that the hot-to-trot rebels typically tell their bosses that they're either out to lunch in a fake meeting or in, quote, deep work when they're actually knocking boots. A handful of lusty out-of-office lovebirds even admitted to slipping away for a quick roll in the hay during an actual meeting. The revelations echo previous findings, which revealed that more than 75% of work-from-home heatness uh, actually pleasure themselves to internet porn between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. And then office workers aren't totally off the hook here. Probers discovered that one in 10 romantics who return to their cubicles are actually having sex in the workplace. Uh, the survey, the saucy trend towards getting one's jolly other job continues to gain steam as hardworking sweethearts are beginning to prioritize their carnal cravings over team calls and deadlines. Many couples are penciling in sex during their busy work days, uh, and couples who frequently schedule sex note being more satisfied in their relationships. And the X-rated revelers may be on to something, something other than each other. Uh, but Calendar Labs also revealed uh, that 36% of couples who schedule sex admit their daily grinds enjoy more satisfying action than folks who don't add it to their calendars to-do lists. Uh, a November 2023 study also found that folks 
who value checking work emails over intimate moments with a significant other are overwhelmingly less content with their romantic lives. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to ask a question. I'm just going to get you thoughts to this. <laughs> are you afraid of what you're going to ask? Like what uh, answer is going to come from that? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> like what? <laughs> As I giggle, uh, yes, <laughs> and yeah, and okay. I still think it's stealing time, though. So there's that. Like, if it's on oh, your lunch or your break, I'm not saying anything. You do it during a meeting, that's stealing time from the company. So that's where I get to be approved. Um, the rest of it, I'm not, though. Like I am, I I I am not innocent of at work play. <laughs> see, this is where if we were on video, you could see my face, and it would be I, 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 don't even, I, I don't even need to because I can already see it. <laughs> I can. I have a big, I have a big grin on my face because it's. <laughs> And my job has people that work from home that telecommute. <clears throat> As part of the telecommuting thing, they were finding that people were stealing time. They were, you know, not necessarily working the full 10-hour shift or they were not working 10 hours consecutive, consecutively or they weren't starting at 7.30. They were starting at like 8.30 or 9 and then working later, whatever the case may be. So they put in a restriction so that telecommuting, you had to do all of your meetings. If you had meetings and you were telecommuting, they had to be done with the cam on. Hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not happening. Because I go to plenty of Teams meetings where there's no faces. And I know some of them are telecommuting. Um, but I, I no, if if you can if you if you have an hour long lunch and you don't want to eat during that hour long lunch <laughs> or you do but it's not a salad. Yeah, I'm not saying a word. If you're not gonna have a burger for your hour long lunch, then okay, who am I to say anything about it? You know? I I don't I don't care what you do on your lunch or off the clock. If Maybe you're in the middle of one of my meetings, I don't want to hear any of that stuff going on because people can't seem to mute their mics in regular meetings and I hear kids and dogs and people going on walks. So, like, yeah, don't maybe, do it during a meeting. You're not that good. <laughs> maybe it's best that some of them don't turn the camera on. You ever off. seen a grown man naked? Yeah, I know. Yes, I have. Sometimes <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, so sometimes it's best to don't. <laughs> some people tend to forget that they're still working. <laughs> yeah, that's so, yeah. what I said. If you're on your break, I don't care. Have fun. See you later. I know it's quite interesting, do. People were scheduling times for sex. And, I mean, I... I get it. 
to, and I know that there are a lot of workaholics. I don't get the whole thing of checking your work email while you're having sex. How bad does one have to be for you to check an email <laughs> while you're having sex? I just, that, that to me is not that a good sign. That one was the worst one, yeah. Right, right, right. That's not a good sign if somebody is like, oh, let me check my email while we're doing this. What? <laughs> You've got bigger issues at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if that's more important than what we're doing right now, thank you, but no thank you. Yeah, kind of, kind of not good. That's that's one tip that we can kind of give you and tell you. <laughs> uh, Florida residents uh, might want to keep an eye on their spouses this winter. Uh, once again, Ashley Madison helps us out with this one, but the controversial online dating service, Ashley Madison, which we said caters to married people, Um pretty much examine where members reside to determine hot spots across the world when it comes to adulterous behavior. Uh, they provided Fox News Digital with an exclusive look at the 20 cities across America where the most Ashley Madison accounts are based. You want to take a guess at maybe some of them? Florida is one of them. Well, um, well actually, <laughs> well, we know, it's actually cities. Oh, cities. Miami, mm-hmm. yep. Fort Lauderdale, um, uh, Tallahassee. No, uh, and no. Oh, really? That's surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, Key West. We can get out of Florida. Orlando. Yes, that's on the list. Oh, it's outside of Florida, not just Florida. I thought it was just Florida. Florida. Any different city, not just Florida. Uh, this is all around oh. the United States. <laughs> Vegas is one of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Vegas is one of them. Like, oh, I could go other places? Go yep. to the hometown, of course. Um, yep. L.A.? Uh, no. How many are on that list? Uh, it was 20. 20. Seattle? Um... Yes. Yeah, I was going to say it better be on there because I know they'd be knocking boots when they can. Um, it's the rain. I'm thinking colder places like St. Paul. No, wait, wait are you pu- did you pull up this list? No. St. Paul was on the list. I did not think that you would get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm thinking like cold places. So I'm thinking St. Paul. I'm thinking like Albany, New York. Uh, Albany, New I'm also Albany. thinking. I'm also thinking something as strange as a very religious places like Salt Lake City. <laughs> no, but you're kind of getting there. Um, you're okay, on the right hit path. Hit me up then. So I'm hit actually going to tell you. So some of the cities that was on the list was Miami, Orlando, mm-hmm. which I'm shocked you did not say. I did say um, Orlando. What did you say, Orlando? It was right no, after Tallahassee. Okay, yeah, it was right after Tallahassee. Uh, Orlando. Atlanta? I'm shocked you didn't say mm. Atlanta. First thing I yeah. think of well, is Atlanta. Yeah. L- Las Vegas. Tampa uh, was on that I'm list. I'm surprised I didn't say Tampa. Okay. Cincinnati. Oh, Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah, Minneapolis. St. <laughs> Paul. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Denver, Cleveland, Cleveland, Tucson, Cleveland, 
Colorado Springs, Anchorage, Bakersfield, Seattle, Washington, D.C., Portland. Now, it had Aurora here, but they meant Aurora, Colorado. Uh, They explain that millions of single Americans look for companionship during the cold winter months, which is often dubbed Mm -hmm. cuffing season. Uh, At Ashley Madison, married people looking to spice things up during the wintertime are seen as uncuffing. The rankings are based on where users reside. They also noted that areas with large tourist populations, such as Las Vegas, would be even higher on the list if it went by where infidelity actually occurred. They said that Mm -hmm. they're always a little surprised by the results and changing behaviors of Americans, uh, but feels many would be stunned at the types of people engaging in adulterous behavior. They said infidelity is truly universal, and they see people from across the political spectrum joining their site. They uh, have seen research outside a company that shows that more right-leaning people tend to sign up for Ashley Madison. So it shouldn't come as a surprise, they said, pointing out that Florida has three of the top five cities on the list. He was, however, surprised that Colorado is also home to three of the cities with the most adulterous behavior. They believe that most people would assume that liberal California, uh, which cities such as Los Angeles and San Francisco would be prominent, but he claimed adulterous behavior is so normalized in the Golden State that many cheaters don't even need Ashley Madison. He says oftentimes people want to equate the California lifestyle with a lack of morals and ethics. You know, we see cheating scandals in Hollywood. Uh, there's not as much moral outrage. There's not even pushback against this behavior. It's become very much normalized. And so for the people of California, they don't require the discretion that Ashley Madison provides. Uh, they also insist that people would be cheating whether or not their site existed. Um, and mm. pretty much they said that our existence helps show that people, that monogamy doesn't work for a significant portion of the population. While it might work for you and you might feel that we should not exist, you don't really understand the nature of what's happening behind the scenes. When people say that we shouldn't exist, news outlets shouldn't cover our story. They're turning a blind eye to what's happening in their own backyard, which is kind okay, of so This is what I'm going to say. The monogamy might work for you, and you might not think, or you might think that we shouldn't exist. I agreed with the first part of that sentence, that it may work for you or it may not. Um, but that Ashley Madison shouldn't exist. I don't give a crap if they exist or not. People have been cheating on their significant others with people since the beginning of time. It just is. That's how emperors have 17 wives. You know, that's that's not monogamy at all. Um, and of course, it's the family values places that need the, the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, discretion of Ashley yeah. Madison because they're all about family values and monogamy. Of course, they're the ones that are seeking out that. <laughs> yes. That's why That's I thought it. Salt Lake City'd be on there, but then again, I, I thought it would probably amorous people. But of course, you know, like we said. A lot of those places don't really utilize the internet because I would think that if that was the case, Utah probably would be on that list uh, as well. Oh yeah, the entire state just they just say and Utah. Pretty much. <laughs> and Utah. <laughs> uh, final story here in the uh, after dark segment was actually the age old question of when it comes to sex, everyone has an expectation about how it should go. 
and what it should be like. Now a report from Men's Health Service pilot reveals exactly how these ideas, which typically stem from pornography, can impact sexual performance and mental health. One of the biggest revelations in the report was how long sex actually lasts compared to how long people think it should. Now, men typically last five and a half minutes during sex, according to the survey results, though people think they, sh- uh, they should last twice as long. The report suggests that, uh, uh, <laughs> that attitude, it could be attributed to the viewing of pornography with 33% of men consuming pornographic content at least once a week, if not more. This gap between expectations and reality can contribute to men feeling inadequate in bed, according to the report. Porn, particularly in the absence of sufficient sex ed, uh, perpetrates unrealistic and unhealthy expectations of sex and intimate relationships, according to Dr. Ben Condon. He says this unnecessarily increases the incidence of shame and anxiety in one's performance while also encouraging unhealthy and at times disrespectful relationships. One staggering statistic in the report is that 59% of men believe porn either positively impacts or has no impact on their sexual performance, but 33% of women have a different opinion on how porn impacts their partner's performance. Men believe that if they mimic the act seen in a porn, they will please the person that they are with, according to the report. Uh, Condon said typically porn and self-pleasure were linked, so it's understandable that men had positive associations with it. However, as they said, it can create unrealistic views on expectations of men and women, normalize aggressive behavior toward women, and decrease arousal, and some studies suggest it has links to erectile dysfunction. Uh, They went on to say that uh, over time, this ultimately impacts their perception of healthy sexual relationships. Now, he said that the report was created because of the belief that men weren't opening up about their intimate health and relationships, and that they said it's clear from the findings that there are still many taboos to break when it comes to intimate health relationships, and that's what Pilot is working to do. Um, as for, here's the thing. I, I think that a lot of times, and because you have heard our shows when I do uh, different interview shows, that some people from the adult industry are there, and they will tell you that what happens on film is far different than what happens in their personal life. As a matter of fact, the norm to them probably way better and what happens on film, even though some people don't mind some of the things that happen on film. Some just do it just to do it because that's what they do. But I think in this case that it gets, I think there's a lot of people that don't know how to, what's the word I'm looking for here? They don't know how to separate fiction from reality. And I'm not saying that all guys okay. do. And at times... Right. It may be something that actually might help, but I think that at times because people see it and they see this guy that's about 10 to 14 inches or whatever, they're like, well, that's kind of going to be the rarity of these cases. And they think that they have to be that or they think that they have to make these specific moves. But you got to remember once again, you are watching actors. <laughs> Just like in a movie. And it's all about camera angles too. And camera angles. And you know that it is not a straight through video. You know how many times that they have to stop and redo things and, you know, shoot different things again and shoot different scenes and get things back to normal and, you know, have other things happen just because you saw a 25 minute video of all this stuff going on did not be that they shot that in one straight 25 minute take. 
And I think that there is a misperception here where people have to separate fiction from the actual fact. And I think at times when they're thinking, well, that was good for them on film, you have to think of the person that you're with because the person that you're with may not want to do some of the things that you saw in that movie. (laughs) So uh, that happens with most people. The people who are able to do that and separate that know that that's something that was just a movie and they don't take that over to the other half. I don't think that you should, and in a way I know they weren't, but at times I think that the adult industry gets a lot of like blame for what happens, but there are a lot of good things that people can learn through different videos that are out that teaches you different ways to communicate and be better. Um, and, there, and there are things in which you can learn that's probably not what you want to do. <laughs> Because uh, not everybody is going to, at the drop of a hat, be impressed with if you just walked into a room and pulled your pants down or made right. some cheesy pickup line or, you know, did the things that people do in these movies. And not every uh, person that gets stuck on an elevator with a beautiful woman is going to find themselves the sexy. That's not going to happen, you know. And I think in this reality, I think a lot of people – don't know and even in with movies people you know see tv shows they see videos and they can't separate what they see from reality i can't tell you how many young people see videos and if somebody's got like a bunch of fancy cars and a bunch of money in their hand and wads and stacks of money and all these women if you ask them what it was like in real life all that stuff's not around (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not at least right. for the younger ones or the new people in that business because what's the film because a lot of that stuff is fake printed money so you know they may be walking around with their life savings right there and right there and it takes time to build up to get that $40,000 you know not everyone is Drake not everyone is Jay-Z it takes time to build and but people nowadays see that and think that if they do that then they will automatically be that you have to separate reality from fiction. And we do that in a lot of ways, not just through adult entertainment. But that's my take. But what's yours? <laughs> yes, that's my take. No, it's simple, okay? There is, okay, I'm going to give you guys everybody advice. And this is everybody, not just guys. This is everyone. If you are going to begin entering into a sexual relationship with another person, and you are, and you have the expectation, you have, and let's just leave it at expectation. You have an expectation of what you think is going to happen. The easiest way to figure out whether or not your expectation is what the other person is thinking is to ask. I don't know that I would ever be turned off by a guy saying to me, so how do you like it? Like, what do you want to do? Will you tell me? Will you show me? what you like. I don't think I've ever been turned off by that. If anything, that's a bigger turn on. So, like, yeah, okay, you watch porn. Congratulations. It's it's fake. And I didn't, last time I checked, the person you're dating is not a porn star. And if you're... (laughs) 
dating a porn star, I have a feeling they'll tell you straight up the bat. Yeah, I, I did that last week with so-and-so at work. Let's try something different. <laughs> like, that was last week at work. I don't want to do that again. Seriously. Yeah. And like That's I said, if, you, if you've listened to most of the shows, to them, the bigger turn on is the normalcy, um, not the things that they have to do on camera. And while they might be flirty about it, that's their that's their persona and their job to be. Uh, once they leave there, they like the normal things that everybody else likes, which is why I love when we get a chance to talk with people on the 401 Lodge, because if you notice, most of those interviews are not about probably 5%, if not less than that, is about, you know, their career. It's more about the normal stuff, you know, the stuff that – they're involved in a lot of them have college degrees some have masters some have doctorates a lot of them dabble in real estate or in other particular businesses just the same as anyone else you know it's not all that i mean a part of that is what they do but even now some who have post careers are doing other things they're setting themselves up for other things post their career so that's why i was like i think adult entertainment gets a huge knock a lot of times that it shouldn't because of what people do They're for entertainment purposes, just like everything else. You know, when stuff is put out there for entertainment purposes, it's not the intent to quote brainwash people into thinking that that's how things are just like with wrestling. You know, not everybody is going to be fighting in a ring and clothesline somebody every day. So that's why you can't get all worked up on it. I mean, you hear stories back in the day where people were threatening to, you know, hurt or kill wrestlers because if they were a heel, they thought that what they were doing was real. And I was like, it's, it's entertainment. We have to get off of this, like, you know, blaming different things for what happens. It's about pretty much trying to separate fact from fiction so um i did promise you a dumb crook award um <laughs> this one comes from new york a pair of multi-colored briefs peeking out above a robbery suspect's low-slung trousers helped police arrest him more than a year later according to federal authorities in new york the robbery happened in a tobacco shop in queens on september 14th of 2022 three masked men got out of a mazda and entered the store according to a complaint filed in federal court last week. Two of the men pointed guns at employees and customers, while the third emptied the cash register and grabbed merchandise and employees' cell phones, the complaint said. The robbers fled in the Mazda. Surveillance videos that were disseminated through the media showed the third robber wearing brightly colored briefs with a large letter R in white and the year 1990 in yellow. An anonymous tipster passed along the Instagram handle of the suspect with the colorful underwear, the complaint said. The caller also told police that the robbers had tried to sell their sterling merchandise at another Queens location. Detectives reviewed video footage from the sale location and spotted the man with the colorful underwear, now easily identifiable because he was no longer wearing a mask. Police identified the suspect based on his Instagram account, the video from the merchandise sale spot, and photos from prior arrests, according to the complaint. The 30-year-old suspect was arrested Wednesday morning at his home in Queens by members of the New York Police Department Bureau Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Joint Task Force. He is awaiting arraignment in federal court in Brooklyn. An email seeking comment was sent to the suspect's attorney. Uh, the other two robbery suspects are still at large. 
God. <laughs> Quit wearing the same underwear and pull those pants up. <laughs> That's the first part. Pull your pants up. Uh, well, <laughs> with that, the O'Clock and the Wall is saying that we're just about out of time. Any shout-outs this weekend? Um, I did my shout-out for Miss Abigail, who had a birthday. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that has birthdays. I believe there are a few people that have birthdays, so happy birthday to them, um, some coworkers and that. But just a big shout-out to my sister and her family for kind of accepting in me and my family <laughs> and letting us be part of this chaos that is her home um, for Thanksgiving. And then happy Thanksgiving to everybody that had it and happy Black Friday and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I do believe we have a mutual friend that has a birthday this weekend, Sunday, I do believe. Um, is it Sunday? And, yeah. hmm? Is it Sunday? I do believe it's Sunday, yes. Um, and then uh, let's see. I do have a couple other people that I know have had birthdays here within the last week or so. Uh, happy birthday to them. Uh, shout out to all of our listeners, uh, not only here, uh, but everywhere around the world who are listening to us, whether it be on iHeartRadio or on um, Spotify or on Apple. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And as I said, we'll be back next week, uh, same time, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. Mary will be out of the snow by then. Uh, <laughs> yes, will be. Yes, you'll be, out, you'll be out of snow by then. So um, that will be a good thing. And, um, yeah, beyond that, I can't think of, oh, tomorrow, go blue. Um, Go blue. Big game. big game tomorrow. So you didn't sound too enthusiastic about that. It, it's. I, I'm worried. <laughs> I'm curbing my. It's a big. It's the game. So like. Yeah, a little faith. <laughs> well, I have, I have faith, but I'm also a realist. <laughs> So well, I got two predi- nail biter. I got two predictions for that game. If if it goes the other way, and let's hope it doesn't. If it mm-hmm. goes the other way, then the score will be twenty seven nineteen. If okay. it goes the way of blue, then the score will be thirty four thirty one. I was going to say, it's going to be within three. Yep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yes, that's my prediction. So we'll see if they hold up, um, and we'll know by tomorrow afternoon uh, either Mary is going to be relieved or she will be a little missed for a while. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but. Safe travels to you, my friend, Um, and we will talk next Friday night. So for Mary, who is anxiously awaiting the end of the game tomorrow, 
<laughs> for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and staying up with us almost the entire length of time here tonight. See, every week when I think we're only going to go an hour, we go longer. Um, so, <laughs> joke's on us. But with that, uh, take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you next week for another edition of Page One. Thank you, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 